This Ear Biscuit is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. And you know you want a professional website, don't you? I want, I want a portfolio of my uh, sculptures that I've been doing that on you, the side. That you haven't made. Yeah, in, for, my, in my mind. <laughs> I want a website for my mind sculptures. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and use offer code R-and-L, R-A-N-D-L. Okay, now, you know those websites that you go to on your phone, and then you're like, oh, there's not a mobile version of this site, and you end up kind of moving around and trying to oh, click, click a link. The, the scro- and, I get the scroll thumb. Yeah, well, with Squarespace, when you make your oh, Squarespace... Oh, my thumb! It doesn't work anymore! I'm not to the bottom of the website yet! It's not that serious, but it, I guess it could cause carpal, carpal tunnel. But when you create a website on Squarespace, it automatically creates the mobile version of it. So if you got a, a website that you create without... You don't have to think about it. You just create what you think looks good, and then it automatically creates this mobile experience that matches the theme of your website. Matches it. You know what I'm saying? I would argue that the mobile website is more important than the than the website website. Well, at this it definitely point. is becoming more important. So it's not something you don't want to have. Certainly not. I'm definitely going to have one when I do my mind sculptures, <laughs> my mind sculptures <laughs> portfolio. You'll be able to look at those on uh, a phone. You'll be able to look at those on a uh, okay laptop. I, I get it. Okay. You know? Okay. So you can start a trial for free, even without entering your credit card, and start building your website today. But then when you decide that you do want to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use our offer code. R and L to get ten percent off your first purchase and to show your support for Ear Biscuits. Yes, thanks to Squarespace for their support of Ear Biscuits, and it's time to bake another one just for you. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Rhett and I'm Link. Thank you for listening to this very special Ear Biscuit, especially for your ears, your ears, your ears. I'm talking to you. Ears. Hmm. That's right an, now. That's an interesting perspective that you're bringing to the table today. This week at the round table of dimmed lighting, who interesting from the internet are we talking to? Nobody. Each other's, man. Each other's. That's right. Okay, so a month ago we did the just Rhett and Link asking each other questions, Ear Biscuit, and we got a lot of positive feedback on that. So we have indeed decided to continue it um, right now. Yeah, uh, the second installment. Yeah, I got to say it was fun to talk to you and uh, ask you questions uh, in a way that I typically would not. There's something about, you know, I don't sit around. We, we work all the time. You know, I, I ask you questions like, Do, where are the keys? Uh, or is That's that, usually a question that I ask. <laughs> is that your where shirt? Where did I put the keys? What, uh, what are we doing today? Why are we wearing the same shirt? Should you go back in and change? Yeah, is it? Did you fart? I ask you that quite a bit too, and you ask me that quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, these are the these are the kinds of questions <laughs> that we ask each other as in a well typical as work day. business type of thing. Now, I mean, we have we have conversations as friends sometimes, but it's it it they have to kind of slide in there because there's so much that we're trying to accomplish well, from like I, a professional standpoint. And I'm not just saying that I, we don't talk as friends. I'm just saying that. There's something about the format of being like, okay, I've got some questions prepared for you. You've got some questions prepared for me that lends itself to a different um, level of authenticity or something. I don't know what it is. I'm just saying that well, I, 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 don't, I, think I don't sit around and think, you know what? 
I'm going to try to remember if there's anything that I don't know about Link, or I'm going to get, you know, we don't go back and talk about those things other than just to reminisce, but I'm like, no, what was actually going on in your mind at that point? Well, we don't take time to reminisce sixty minute in 60-minute chunks. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. In order to gain new insight into our brains. While wearing headphones and talking into microphones. But that's what we're doing. In a room alone. Okay, so... I think we put a pin in one topic, which I started to ask, and then I said, we need to wait, because this is going to open a whole can of conversation up on some people. Right. And that is, uh, I guess, what can be my first question, which is, Rhett, why were you so obsessed with girls growing up? Now, do you want you want to go ahead? Do you have anything else by way of intro that you want to get into before you start answering my question? Well, I, are I, we diving into the deep we, end? We can dive right into it. I, I could premise it with saying that if you didn't listen to last month's episode, it was us asking questions about our childhood. And then that led into this this question that Link asked. And we were like, hold on, you know what? This actually could be a whole, a whole episode is just talking about girls growing up. Right. Our experience with uh, the the greater sex. Is that is that how we should say it? Yeah, sure. And you shouldn't say the fairer sex because that fairer sex. that doesn't really fly anymore. Because some of them have tans. Yeah, some of them tanning go to, go to the tanning bed and use very spray tans a lot right of now, them. or just um, beach combing. I would just say in general, a lot of girls like women, beach comb. Women are tanner than men usually. I mean, the average woman. That I would say can't be true. <laughs> so okay. That, okay, that's my new first question. <laughs> Why would you think that on average women are tanner than men? No. Okay. Don't so, answer that. Why was I obsessed with girls? Well, first of all, let are me, you going to own that? Oh, well, heck yeah, I'm going to own it. I'm going to tell you <laughs> right now that from a very early age, I would I would say definitely first grade. So basically at the time that I met you. Um I say a large percentage, the majority of my thoughts mm-hmm. were directed at girls. And not just girls in general, but I had a tendency to fixate. On one girl at a time. Well, it could be. Or a, maybe two at a time. Maybe two or three at a time, but <laughs> it was. It's F- like, fixate from a distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't, I mean, it may sound creepy for me to talk about it, but it was not. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't really act on these things. You know, I it wasn't like I'm like, okay, well, I'm I'm gonna like stalk this girl. I, so, I didn't what do you do mean that. by fixate? Just meaning that I would just spend a lot of time thinking about these particular girls, or you know, I remember, you know, the girl that I thought about the most in those first few years in North Carolina was definitely Holly Womble. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, she was a family friend. She was older than me. She was cute. three years older. Two years older. Okay. She was cute. And I just, you know, that's all it took. I mean, she was cute. And, um, or as we would have said, she was fine. You remember, that's what we said. We said girls were fine. Well, not in first grade, probably. But by, mm. I mean, by middle school, we would say I, I said it in maybe second, third grade. You I had did, an older brother. Okay, you didn't invent the term. I just, you know. No, no, I'm just saying, that's, just saying. What, that's, that's what we said. We didn't use the term cute. They use that today. And we didn't use yeah. the term hot. That was something that sounded like inappropriate. We never said a girl was hot. We said a girl was fine. And fine. S- but fine, yeah. So Holly was fine. And you would just you would just find yourself just daydreaming about her. Oh, yeah. Is that what you mean? Daydreaming and night dreaming. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just, just thinking about like how could – I knew that there was such a thing as the institution of a relationship, a girlfriend, or a boyfriend. I didn't actually think 
you know, at that age that it was something that was a realistic thing. But I do remember as early as second and third grade having dreams. You know, when you're a kid, you can, uh, you have lucid dreams all the time, right? I, I flew in my dreams all the time. Uh, regularly had lucid dreams where I would realize I was dreaming and then control the dream. And in almost every single dream that I had, had where I was lucid dreaming, the first thing I'd do was fly. Mm-hmm. And then when I got up in the air, I would be like, mm, well, I'm going to fly to Holly's house. And I would, I never knew what I was going to do when I got there. But I would always get to her doorstep and I would, uh, her mom would answer the door and I would say, is Holly home? And she would be like, Rhett, you can't come in. <laughs> it, the mom always stopped it. So Appropriately. Yeah. <clears throat> Why is this flying first grader at my doorstep? But I got to say that it did start at that point. Did uh, you ever talk to her in real life? To Holly? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All the time. And I mean, in later in life, when uh, she was in high school, when we were both in high school, mm. Uh, I be- I got very flirtatious with her and would say th- ridiculous things to her. Really? Oh yeah, like you remember we would go on like uh, these mission trips with church and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. We would yeah. go to like Trinidad and other places, and they, she would go. Oh, I remember that. I, and I would just I would just say things to her like, you know, you're gonna uh, we're gonna be together. I, I mean, I talked just explicitly to her, not ex- explicitly. <laughs> I, I talked yeah. directly, not explicitly. That's the wrong wrong word. I didn't talk dirty. <laughs> I did not talk dirty to her, but I said things like. <laughs> You know, we're going to be together. Uh, you know, I know I'm two years younger than you. And it never, it never worked. Age is nothing but a number, baby. Uh, Did you ever try that one? I mean, I, I said some ridiculous things. Wow. I do remember saying ridiculous That's things. That's great. It was never successful. And then eventually, work. you know, eventually she went off to college or whatever. And I mean, it wasn't like I was obsessed with her the entire, my entire childhood. I continued to try later on. But yeah, it, it was her, Lisa, Lisa uh, Johnson. Johnson. She was tall. I was obsessed with her. She was older too. She was a year, year. She was a year older. And I don't know. I, so to get to your real question, which is why, it's, I want to flip it back on you for this because I don't know why. Because this just seemed like I could not avoid it. I just, I just thought about girls all the time. And, and I want to know, here's a question for you. What were you thinking about? In adolescence. I think I thought about girls a normal amount, like 25% of the time girls, 25% of the time G.I. Joes, 25% of the time what I'm going to eat, and 25% of the time school, you know, friends, everything else, catch all kind of a thing. But for you, it just seemed like an unnaturally uh, large piece of your pie. So I'm not saying I I didn't think about girls, but I was... um, I did. I certainly didn't talk to anybody about it. Um, I didn't talk to anybody about it. I, I would have talked to you about it. Yeah, I, I didn't. I mean, I didn't talk to you about it. I kept it all to myself. But there are some kids who's like, "Oh, she's my girlfriend," or "He's my boyfriend." Like younger kids, I see these days kind of have the boyfriend girlfriend thing. You didn't have that until, uh, you know, it was like official go time, middle school, when it, you could really go with somebody, quote unquote. Well, and I will say that. It, you know, it wasn't, in, so I spent those first few years, and as you did too, I mean, thinking about girls, okay, a certain percentage of the time, maybe higher for me, but there was no action taken. You know, I was still just doing things like playing sports and, uh, you know, doing school and those kinds of things and just nervously interacting with girls that I liked, dreaming about them. <laughs> but sixth grade rolls around, and a really important thing happened over the summer between fifth and sixth grade, and that is that uh, Leslie Peebles and Amber Stevenson moved into town. 
Now they weren't sisters. They actually moved from different places, yeah. but they became best friends. So they were like the two new girls on the block. Yeah. And both very cute. Oh yeah. And kind of could have been sisters at that age. You kind of okay, they, did they move at the same time? Are they sisters? No. Well, and you got to to put this into to context. Um not that it mattered if they were sisters. I don't know why. They would have been twins probably if we we grew up in such a small place, you know, Bowie's Creek, North Carolina. There's, you know, a thousand people there. You know, when the students are at Campbell University are out of town. And with some, and, and they actually both moved to Lillington, the neighboring city town, but they both came to Bowie's Creek Elementary for mm. uh, reasons I didn't know. I don't know. I don't know why they chose Bowie's Creek. But, how they, they did that. But but Leslie became your first girlfriend in sixth grade. Was that a result of you? pinpointing your obsess- obsession on her? <clears throat> well, of course. Is that how it happened? <laughs> yeah. Well, as soon what as, happened? As soon as they both moved to town, and this is kind of what I was getting at, when a new girl came into town, it was like a big deal because you had been with the same 25 people since first grade, essentially, with a small turnover. You know, oh, there's a new person, oh, a person leaves. It was so, like a testosterone-laced bidding war of dating. Well, yeah. Unspoken. It, it was becoming that. And I think it all goes back to uh, the way that Mrs. Lanier organized the desks. Uh, you were in Miss Campbell's class that year. Yep. Uh, for some reason. I we, remember this we, story. We, we won't get into your academic deficiencies. I, I think they were just perceived by, by, the, by the administration <laughs> for some reason. You were actually a good student. But for whatever reason, you were in Miss Campbell's class. And I was in Miss Lanier's class, and Miss Lanier made the decision to organize the desks into sets of four like a clover leaf, and you faced one another. And, you know, right. I've to- I have told this story in another context before, a GMM or a live show or something, I don't know, but so I'll make it quick. But essentially the way it worked is you sat, I, I sat uh, right next to Leslie, so at a 90-degree angle with her, and I remember it was, some. I, you, I've been sitting there all year with her like this, but uh, summer was coming, and it was it was the springtime, and I had on shorts, and she had on shorts. Flowers and, were budding. And it just hit po- me. Pollen was in the air. I was like, I could touch her knee with my, I could touch her leg with my knee. <laughs> you know, I was like, here, I've yeah. been sitting all year on this possibility, and now I can make it happen. Her knee is exposed. My leg is exposed. Yeah. And so I was like, I, 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 How I, weird. I'm going to go for it. I don't know. I was, and I had been thinking about it the whole time because I was like, this girl is good looking. And she sits next to me. And so I remember one day I just said, I'm going to go she for it. She was tanner than you, She too. was very tan all the time. I started slumping down in my chair. Slouching? Slouching. And it's kind of sticking my leg out towards her. And I just kind of started directing it in her direction. Oh, I couldn't see because it's under the desk. You know, I'm like, well, I'll know it when I hit it, you know. <laughs> it's like I'm drilling for something, you know. This is weird. And so... Uh, I go a couple inches and then a couple inches more. I'm like, where the heck is this girl's leg at? You know? And I, I mean, at this point, I'm sitting in an awkward <laughs> p- position. And you know, I should have been told to sit up. I look like I'm falling asleep. My head is barely sticking up but above the top of the desk. <laughs> and she's right beside and you, she, basically. Yeah, basically. And then eventually, I make contact. I feel skin on skin and <laughs> everything changes. And then, okay. but she immediately recoils oh. and looks at me. And I'm like, okay, mission accomplished. I got her attention. Oh, that's not mission accomplished. Uh, she recoiled. But then I kept eye contact, and I moved the leg a little bit further. I made, ke- I made contact for a second time. Oh, my goodness. She recoiled again. At this point, you're like horizontal, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah. And then she says, oh, Rhett, you've got some long legs. 
I was like, you're right, baby, I do. You didn't say I didn't that. say anything. I was just kind of just said, I was like, oh, I don't know what I said. But then I just, after she said that for a third time. After that, you I, did it again? I went in and she she still recoiled. <laughs> she she always backed off. It's so weird, dude. And then eventually I was like, I sat back up and I was like, I think I've sent a message here. You know, I've I've accomplished something. I don't know what it is. Yeah, change seats. Then the next thing that I know, like in the days following that, uh, I find out that Tate Maddox likes Leslie. It is becomes known publicly that Tate Maddox likes mm-hmm. Leslie. And then I'm like, well, I like Leslie. And as a matter of fact, I touched her leg the other day with, with my knee. I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking. I've, <laughs> I've claimed her, essentially. And so when I she find out- She recoiled three times. She's mine. That's all it took was finding out that Tate was interested to know that I was also interested. Hold on, I got to mm-hmm. do something about this. So I told Amber mm-hmm. that I was interested in Leslie. One thing led to another. Leslie's like, yeah, I do like Rhett. And I and I will be I will go with him I will be his girlfriend and so we started a relationship all because I reached out and touched someone and Tate got you off the dime yeah yeah and Tate I, lost I remember being in the library um, it was the library session mm-hmm. that day in Miss Campbell's class and word trickles into the library oh yeah Rhett is going with Leslie that's what we called it going and uh, my heart just drops I'm like man. I'm just I'm just behind. I'm in a different class in more ways than one all of a sudden. I'm single. <laughs> and uh, what am I going to do? I guess I'll just have to wait for them to break up. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I don't even, I don't remember what I was thinking, but just kind of my inference from what happened was, well, I waited over the course of the summer and then she became my girlfriend um, the next the next year, seventh grade. Yeah, because we—I mean, we only went—we only went together for one month, and then she dumped me because it was summertime. She was like, "I mean," and actually, she—I I, I initiated the relationship through Amber, and then Amber uh, broke up with me for Leslie. She called me and, and basically said, "You know, it's summertime. You know, you, you know, you're you're five miles away. You oh know? goodness, you uh, go to a different pool. You go to a different pool. I mean, it's how, over. how can this relationship work over the summer? Let's and, just be real." And I was like. Um, Okay, whatever. My my relationship with Leslie in seventh grade was short lived. I remember very very little about it. But how did it start? Because that, that I don't I I can't remember. Well, see, this is how my it started. My, my question for you was: I, I know how all my relationships started, and that was with me initiating them. And, and but my my recollection of how all your relationships started was that you, the girl would always initiate. I would venture to guess that's how it happened with Leslie, because that's how it happened with Amber. Months later, Amber sat in front of me in history class and she, one day she played the game, I know somebody who likes you. And so I'm guessing girls, well, does she like me? No, does she like me? No. And I guessed every girl except Amber. Yeah. And then I finally guessed (laughs) Amber and she's like, yep. And then we started going together. So it was, it was on her initiative that we went together. And that was seventh grade. Seventh grade. Yeah, so you you I, I dated Leslie, my first girlfriend, in sixth grade. You dated Leslie, your first girlfriend, in seventh grade. Then you turned around. Uh, your relationship with Leslie was short-lived and uneventful, and then you start the relationship with Amber. Yeah. And then second, the, which is your second girlfriend in seventh grade. Yeah, and then there's the that's when the party at the Lillington Community Center with the train. Uh, oh, yeah, the caboose uh, or whatever Train caboose there beside it. 
we were sitting in there and uh, sitting beside Michael Juby and Anna. They were together and uh, they started kissing each other. Yeah. And then Mike kind of looks. It's a community center. What else are you supposed to do? Mike kind of looks at me and we're sitting right next to him and he kind of like gives me the nod like, all right, now it's your turn. And so I'm like, oh my goodness. So then I turn and give Amber the first kiss of my life. Wow. And so how was that? It was amazing for like seven seconds. No, you didn't go seven seconds. I specifically remember, you're you're bad with numbers. I went for seven seconds with Amber the first time. (laughs) That was my first kiss. I distinctly yeah. remember you the saying- The kiss went for seven seconds. Let's clarify. Okay, so mine was probably less three, than that. Three, but you, you three know seconds. how time seems to stop, especially when it's your first kiss ever. Yeah. And um, wow, that was that was something to remember, especially with Michael Juby right there, just kind of timing it. Well, That's you, how we knew that it was, I lost track of time, well, you, you but know, I guess he said four seconds. You've got to appreciate Michael Juby. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's uh, he was always the smartest of all of us. Uh, he was always the one that... He always had a girlfriend. He always had a girlfriend. Always he, one step ahead. He was a ladies' man. And he was the kind of guy that, you know, you needed a Michael Juby in that situation. To because, give me the nod. Yeah, he, if Michael had not had given you the nod... I would have just stared straight ahead, man. What would we be talking about right now? We, we may not even be here. You know, <laughs> it's possible. We wouldn't even be here if Michael How? Juby hadn't given you the nod. Yeah, it, it changed everything, I guess. My experience. Because then you, but because then it was like, now you have to catch up. Now you have to date Amber. Now, on, and you have to kiss her. Yeah, on the night. Because you did not kiss Leslie, neither I, did I. I was scared. I got so close. Uh, I got so close. But Matt McKinney was there. It wasn't Michael Juby, and that's, he didn't give me the nod, so I didn't. Oh. Matt McKinney was with Amber at the time. Oh. I was next to him and, and with Leslie. <laughs> Leslie. <laughs> Leslie. <laughs> Leslie didn't. And Matt didn't give me the nod, so I didn't, I didn't follow through. But Michael Juby was there on the night of my first kiss, which incidentally, this is, we're not making this up, by the way. We had the same first girlfriend and the same first kiss. My first kiss was also with Amber, small town. Uh, but we were, you know how we would go over to Campbell University and we would hang out at Shell's place? Yeah, and sometime maybe see a movie. Right, so. On there, the college campus. Underneath D. Rich Auditorium, which is still there today, there was a little restaurant that I don't believe is there anymore. It wasn't there, you know, recently. And we'd hang out, you know, we're, we're middle schoolers kind of hanging out on a college campus. I mean, it's kind of like a dream come true, right? And we're sitting in there in, in the little lounge area. And uh, I don't know who Michael was dating at the time. I just know that he he, he went out and uh, he kind of comes back and he's like, you know, I just went out there and kissed so-and-so, whoever I was, he was with. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, well, okay. And I remember I had on my... Uh, my blue Nike sweatshirt, which gave me a lot of confidence. It was actually what I took my school picture in that year. So he he basically gave you the nod. He was like, "Dude, I just went outside and kissed my girlfriend." He gave me he 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 took the lead, and then I knew what I was supposed to do. And I walked out of D. Rich Auditorium. I walked right to that fountain. You know the fountain right outside of D. Rich Auditorium. It's oh, yeah. right there in between the cafeteria and the, and the auditorium and the dorm rooms. And I sat there in my uh, blue Nike sweatshirt. I sat down next to Amber, and I just went for it. And again, seven seconds. Some of the, could be the best, not the best seven seconds of my life, but definitely the best seven seconds of that year. <laughs> and, uh, and then I just walked back into the, the restaurant and just kind of gave Michael the hit, the nod, like, you know, mission accomplished. I'm a new man. Did you ever practice kissing? What do you mean with like a... Like on your hand? No. I did. I practiced kissing in the shower. I kissed my shower. The nozzle? <laughs> 
<laughs> All this water's coming up. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's not a good simulation. <laughs> that is a, that's a messy Unless the girl's I was, really salivating. I was, I was totally ready for the most messy kiss. No, I would, I, I would kiss the wall of the shower. Pretty embarrassing, huh? That's also not a great simulation. <laughs> No, I don't know. I don't know what. I, don't, I, I can only imagine what it was like. To, it was like to receive that first kiss from you. <laughs> he kisses like he's been kissing a shower. <laughs> it's like I don't know how I was, but no, you I, never practiced. You just no, I just didn't need practice. I had on my sweatshirt, man. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I just. Oh man, there's plenty of people who I think I've I've heard that many people have practiced by kissing their hand. And so I'm. I refuse to feel totally stupid it's for fine. my confession. I, I, I pro- lot, probably a lot. Lots of people have, have practiced now. But one interesting thing. Here's a question for you: Is that um, shortly after I started dating uh, Amber, Amber, you began dating Anna? Now this was eighth grade. Eighth grade. Uh, Anna was the smartest girl in our school. Okay, and that's I, right. And I re- that matters. And I remember finding out. I mean, this girl like really smart. I remember th- thinking. Now, first of all, you were my best friend, so not, not this is nothing against you. I just remember thinking, I thought Anna was the smartest girl in school, <laughs> and she's dating Link. And I seriously, I seriously remember thinking, this doesn't make any sense you on any level. Incompatibility. I was like, what are they talking about? So, did you have like, did you have like in depth philosophical conversations with this girl? I remember there being. Uh, Anxiety-laden phone calls. Um, that's why Leslie dumped me, by the way, because I, I couldn't carry on a phone call. Yeah. Uh, Amber was very talkative. It didn't matter if you talked or not. Yeah, she just kept talking. Uh, and by Anna, I think I figured out how to actually have like at least a conversation right. with a girl on a telephone. Um, I think I still remember her phone number right now, matter of fact. <laughs> okay, well. I'm not going to say it because then... We have to go through and beep the phone numbers. Right. We're saying last names. Isn't that good enough for yeah, you people? Right. It's, well, it's probably wrong, but whatever. Um, I don't recall the specifics of it, no. Um, well, I do recall one specific thing. Uh, so you, and, you dated we're gonna, her. And we're going to talk about this? Yes, we are. We're, you dated her for, for, for a while. I mean, I dated Amber pretty much my entire eighth grade year, and I recall you dating Anna most of that, that yeah. year. Uh, yeah. But I do remember um, you inviting me somewhere one night. Uh, <laughs> now this is something that way back on uh, Good Morning Chia Lincoln we almost talked about and I remember saying uh, we'll talk about that another time and then we never went back and talked about yeah, it and, but, so, and, and so I do want to premise this with this This was not a good idea I, I, we don't recommend anything that we're talking about we're first not, of all I'm not proud of this but yes I did one night where we were going to you and I were going to a see a movie at, at Campbell our parents would drop us off. Yeah. Um, instead of going to the movie, we're like, all right, let's just let's just walk off campus, walk over to Anna's house. Yeah, you were like, you want to go to my girlfriend's house and look in her windows. Yeah. And of course, I'm like, well, yeah. But I, you know, what a good friend you are. <laughs> thanks. I mean, thanks for including me. Um, I thought it was weird on a lot of levels, but I was there. I was along for the ride. Now, in fairness. Uh, we were not right up against a window. We were behind a wood pile. Yeah, we were. We were a little. <laughs> we, were, we were fifty feet from the house. We were further back, and it it wasn't like we wanted to see anything specifically. It was the just the idea in general of being sneaky, and uh, I don't know. It wasn't about seeing something. It was about the act of clan. The clandestine act in itself was just. I don't know what it was about. I was just. I don't like, know what the motive this, was. It this just, seems like a good idea, is what I was thinking. And this guy's letting me do it with him. So. 
And we, so we did see uh, my girlfriend at the time um, folding clothes, and she and she was also fully clothed. Yeah, was, yeah. So uh, there's that, but it happened. But so, and it's over. I, I do kind of. No one ever knew until now. No, but I do. I do. We w- never discussed one it. of the right. But one of the things I, I've noticed as I ask you these questions is that you don't really remember what was going through your mind very much back then. Is it because there wasn't a lot going through it? That's why I dated Anna because so much was going through her mind for the both of us. <laughs> so I mean, so what? It would, I mean, that's you pretty th- numb. Th- what do you think you were thinking? That it would be fun. I mean, it was great. It was, yeah, it was, it was a clandestine I mean, operation. I've never told you thanks for bringing me along, but You're thanks welcome. for bringing me You're along. You're welcome. I don't, you, would, you wouldn't have done that no, for I me? Have, I would not have done that. You would have gone to, or I, did you go to any of your girlfriend's Well, if I went over to my girlfriend's house, I would just go into the house. Uh, <laughs> I just would, you'd, I'd you'd say, knock hey, I'm, I'm here. Can I come in? I wouldn't look to the windows. That's a stalking kind of thing. I don't, I don't know if it's me having a bad memory or me just not thinking through these things too much. So I don't know the answer to that. Um, but I certainly wasn't one to figure out what's the latest and greatest thing that's happening in relationships in middle school. And let me see if I can, let me see if I can blaze a trail. I was more just like, okay, I got a girlfriend. I got to look into that. And and I, and I will say, you know, none of the, what we're talking about to, uh, you know, this week is designed to be prescriptive in any way. It's just, this is. This is the story. This is the story of what we did. But I will say that I, I look, you know, we've got kids now, right? Uh, we've got kids who are going to be going through some of these same, these same things. And I, I think about the, uh, the nature of these expectations that we brought to these relationships that we were, that we were in. And, and I think we come from a different generation. We come from a generation where you did not typically discuss very much with your parents. Like, I, you know, right. you, I, I, we talk to, to our kids about every little thing that they're going through and we encourage this open line of communication. And I think that it's just kind of a generational thing that our parents were a little bit more hands-off with us. And so as we were entering into things like a relationship with a girl, at least maybe just it was our personalities, the fact that we were boys, I didn't, t- I, you know, I may have told my mom like a week later, yo, yeah, I've got a girlfriend now. And she may have asked me a question and I probably just kind of clammed up. I, but I, I do think that you made the announcement, whereas I didn't. What were yeah, you going to yeah. say? Well, I'm just, I've, thinking back on it, it, yes, it's provided some great stories, but it was so ill-advised. I mean, I, it, this whole thing to be like, I am a 14-year-old boy in a committed you know, exclusive relationship with a fourteen-year-old girl. It, it was. Just, it was not. It was not healthy. It, it, and I'm not saying that. I'm sure there's some of you out there who are fourteen who are listening or whatever. And I'm not saying that you're. You. You know. Okay. You, you know. You're. You're too young to experience life, or you're stupid, or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that like it's just not a. T- it's not. It's not. It's not the time for an exclusive relationship. It doesn't make any sense to have an exclusive relationship with someone at that point in your life. Well, and for me, I, I never talked to my mom. I was actually embarrassed to tell my mom that I had a girlfriend. Oh, I'm going with Amber or I'm going with Anna. At, cer- at a certain point, it had to come out, but I don't know, for some reason, I just felt embarrassed to talk to my mom about having a girlfriend at all. I remember I was at, when I was going with Amber, I was holding her hand on the bleachers at the baseball game because I didn't play baseball. 
I was the ladies' man that day. But your mom was there watching you play baseball, mm-hmm. and she saw me holding hands with Amber. Oh. And I remember just being just flooded with embarrassment. Really? That your mom saw me holding hands with a girl. It was just, it just seemed like, oh, you, you shouldn't be doing that. Or, oh, I know, I know something about you now. Because I didn't talk to my mom about, I, I didn't, she, my mom probably discovered through some other means that, probably through your mom, that I had a girlfriend. Like, that's the extent that really? I wanted to discuss it. Yeah. I don't know. Just something about it. Like, my school life and my home life, I wanted to be separate. <laughs> like, uh, I didn't want my mom to know that I was growing up. or I, I, had no, I don't know psycholo- psychologically what was happening, but that's what it was. Don't you wish you could go back and talk to yourself? Yeah. And I think that's what I apply to, to, uh, to my kids is, you know, the things that... I, I don't want them to be as as clueless as I was because I was so to myself and guarded, and I want I want my kids to be more comfortable talking about these things. So, like saying the word sex is something that is not like <gasps> if my kids ever heard that word because well, I talk to them about it at a younger age versus an older age because it's just it's just a fact of life, and there's a. T- there is an appropriate way to discuss things with kids once they start having questions that then you're not just dumping everything on them or it seems like a faux pas when they or get e- to be older. Or expecting them to figure it out on their own. Sure. Um, let's move to high school. Well, there was a pivotal moment. Um, I, re- I recall this summer vividly. Now, first of all, we've- And, and we've, I'd like to apologize to Anna. She's not listening, but we, we shouldn't have been behind her wood pile. She's- probably flattered that that it happened and you know all we saw was her folding clothes flattered if that means creeped out then um, yes you know as we've established you know we did the, we did our personality profiles recently and my number one characteristic was futurist right and part of that uh personality profile is someone who constantly anticipates and visualizes the future and obsesses about the future i think oh, yeah. that's one of the reasons i was always obsessed with girls because i would see a certain reality with with a girl and then I would live it out, and I would li- it would literally be living that that future in my mind. And I remember you remember the river stuff, yes, right? That's a, that's kind of what I'm getting yeah, to. Yeah, we would go to the Kafir River and swim like every day, especially over the summer. I mean, that water would be it would be like a over 100 degrees outside, maybe, and that water would just be the best thing in the world. I remember just like swimming around there, and you would be talking about, okay, next year when we're freshmen in high school. There's a whole group of girls from all these other towns that come together at, at at high school, and it's just like a, it's like we're funneling out of this one little pond into this bigger lake of women, and and then you knew their names. <laughs> I knew their names. I don't know how I knew their names, but I, like I was like Stephanie. You know, there's she's a cheerleader, and yeah, she's yeah. going to be a fresh. She's and a cheerleader. Melissa and, and Jamie and Tabitha, Michelle, Michelle. From, Stephanie was from Anger. Michelle was from. Lillington. Lillington. Uh, and Melissa was from Andrew. It, it made no matter that these uh, girls had boyfriends. They were already going with other people. That didn't stop you from oh, no. having, uh, initiating these conversations to get my hopes up. Like, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to... I'm going to start going with Stephanie and I'm going to hold her hand and, you know, I'm going to, I don't even, this, that, and the other. And I'll be like, yeah. And I'll, I'll get me a cheerleader too and she'll be my girlfriend. Her name will be Michelle. Well, yeah, I, I had it all planned out. Never talked to these girls. No, no. Just ne- knew their names. And never even met them. Never even met them. know what they look like. <laughs> well, we knew what they looked like because from when you'd play each other in basketball, they'd be cheerleaders oh, or God, whatnot. Oh, no, that is true. So, um, 
we, we become freshmen at Harnett Central High School in Andrew, North Carolina. And uh, boy, I just, I remember thinking about what I was going to wear, which was absolutely ridiculous what I did end up wearing, you know, like that first couple weeks of school. We, you know, it was- it The was, Nike sweatshirt, you no, still had it? Oh, no, it, it, you didn't wear a sweatshirt. It was North Carolina in August, so you, you were hot all the time. I remember when I'd wear that, I had a structure shirt. That was a short sleeve polo that had four different uh, co- uh, quadrants. Quadrants, that's yeah, the word. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. That shirt was well, sweet, man. I, I remember- uh, The we, ladies. I don't know what you wore. You I were, thought they loved it. You were kind of into like the, the soccer thing. You wore like umbros and soccer shoes, which I always thought that was the absolute dorkiest way anyone could possibly dress. I, and, I, and I guess I also thought I'm six foot, what, I was six foot four and a half in my freshman year in high school. But there so, was a direct tie with what you were going to wear and what the, getting the ladies. I was wearing, I had a pair of white shorts, a pair of white shorts and a braided belt that was about a foot too long, and you would you would you would run it around and run it down your one of your legs. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. And then I had a pair of Doc Siders, which were those leather shoes with the leather laces, and you didn't wear any socks with them. And yep. then you had these tan legs from hanging out at the pool all summer. I mean, it was just so so redneck. How did that go for you? It worked incredibly well. I remember, you know, the cool thing about high school was not only did you have all all, all these new girls in town. Or in school, but you had break time, which, you know, after first period of homeroom or whatever, there was the break at nine o'clock. You had like a 10 or 15 minute break where everyone would stand out there in this really large the commons, commons area. And I just remember it, it took me a couple of days to figure out that uh, Jamie Brown and Tabitha Norris were the two most in demand girls in the entire school. They were sophomores. Sophomore was the, that's the sweet spot when you're a girl in uh, freshman. Everyone's like, oh, they're a little too young. Sophomore year, all the seniors wanted to date the sophomore girls, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, at least that's the way it was back then. And I remember thinking, these are the two girls that everybody wants. I see them talking to each other right now. I'm going to just start staring in that direction. So this is kind of like the knee technique with Leslie, except from with a the distance, eyes. just with the eyes. Yeah. And uh, at that point, I remember uh, Stephanie Weberlow. Remember her? Yep. And she was a friend of both of the, them. She was the wing woman for the two of them. Yes. And uh, somehow I found out that she was friends with with her. And I was like, "Well, I'm going to talk to I'm going to talk to Stephanie. I'm going to get to know Stephanie. I'm going to get into this conversation with her. Uh-huh. I'm going to I'm going to hint that I like Jamie, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe something will happen. Long story short, well, well, I think what happened before anything with the, with Jamie around the same time was Tabitha. I got word. That yes. Tabitha liked me. I was like, what? Right. I mean, we're talking the top two in the whole school. Whoa. What is happening? I'm like, now I have to talk to her. And it was like, I'm so good at making things awkward. I think it's because I just I just instinctively was just so awkward then that now I'm just like, I just care. I just, I can't help myself now. I think making things awkward now is reliving my puberty years <laughs> are you constantly stuck in puberty <laughs> is that what is that how Maybe to explain so. this man i remember rem- so she she liked me and i couldn't believe it i did not know how to conduct a a five minute in the comments conversation with her i just was not capable of doing it but at, i was there for you at the same time in parallel you had set your sights on jamie yeah my question is i did you technically stalk her no I mean, no, I didn't stalk her. There was no internet, you know, and I, I never called her. I just started talking to Weberlow about it. 
And I would say, I like her. And then, you know, she goes over to her and then there's a talk a little bit. And then she comes back over to me and she says, she likes you too. And I'm like, okay, this. I I thought that's not what happened. I thought she didn't like you. I thought there was a recoil again. And then you had to push harder, and then well, you had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm condensing the story. I mean, the first time that I started the conversation, there was there was probably no interest. Uh, but I'm I'm condensing that. I, I'm persistent. Touch, you had to touch her in the leg, no, on no, the leg three no, times no, with your leg. Yeah, with my red so shoes. To speak. I, so there was, you know, there was a little bit of back and forth. But within the second week of being at school, I mean, we're talking two weeks into high school, we were official. It, we were. I couldn't even drive. I mean, she. I, I don't even have a car, and that was your in because at that point, mm-hmm. you. She, and I was like, dude, Tabitha likes you, and she's Jamie's best friend. This is like we're like the power couples now. I mean, we got to get in on this. And I don't think you ever use the term power. No, couple. I'm just saying. I just I saw an opportunity there. You're like, well, double date material. Yeah, in yeah, the yeah. least. And, and and then you can you can explain what happened on our first uh, date because the first date I ever had with uh, Jamie was the first date that you ever had with Tabitha. Oh, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was like let's go do something together. Yeah, and none of us can drive, so right. that means let's go on a double date, all crammed into the back seat of your dad's Dodge Dynasty, while he and your mom drive us to the Don movie theater. Keep in mind, this is a four passenger car sedan. And there's six of us in there, and all four of us are in the back seat. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, and I, I was mean, that's already a, six foot four. That's a great way to get to know somebody. I mean, you're just crammed up against them. And I have no idea there. what these girls were thinking. I mean, we went by and picked them up individually at their houses. You know, you came you came over to my house. You probably rode your bike to my house, and then we get in the back. <laughs> we go pick up one of them and pick up the other one, and then we go to Dunn. And so it's a home alone too. It's a pretty long trip from Dunn. Uh, from Lillington to Dunn, and this is before uh, they put the four-lane road in, so it was just a two-lane road. And so you just, you know, you're just on this two-lane road for a while. And, you know, the conversation dwindled pretty quickly, but I I remember the pivotal moment where I decided uh, to try to break the awkward silence by starting a new conversation. So we're driving down the road, and, you know, I could see that they were breaking ground ground on the on the four-lane <laughs> And so I, you know, silence, silence, silence. And then I'm just like, sure will be nice when they make this road four lanes. And then my dad just buzzed out, out laughing. laughing. <laughs> because he totally recognized the humor in the situation. Yeah. And what what, what we were experiencing. He, he was probably getting a kick out of it. In the oh, same way that I'm going to get a kick out of things. When, I do get a kick out of things with my kids. Imagine how it smelled in that car with all of that sweat and anxiety. Teen angst. Yeah. Um. That was my only date with Tabitha, I'm pretty sure. And that was entirely your fault because this is another, I just don't understand. I could have kept it going. I I just, I felt like that was horrible. But she, I just don't get it, man. I know. She was like such a prize, you know, at that that time. Well, that sounded sexist. No, I'm, but I'm not like a trophy. But no, well, I'm, I'm speaking, I'm assuming the perspective that I had at the time. It was 1992. I was a freshman in high school, and I was thinking about things in a, in a way that I wouldn't advise, but that was the reality. It, I was thinking, you could go out with this girl. Not only is that awesome, because she's good looking, period. That's all we cared about at that time. Super shallow, super superficial. But also it was like, oh, and you get to say that you're going out with this girl. 
And I never understood. We and we didn't talk about it. I, it's funny we talk about this kind of stuff more now than we did then. Because I was just like, I I went forward. I I kept pursuing Jamie. I I was like, this is a this is a thing now, Mom. You got to take me over to Jamie's house, or I'm going to go over to Jamie's house for this and for that. And we we went out for a couple of months. And then the, and, uh, the meanwhile, Tabitha's just going. She goes out with somebody else. Yeah, I you know, I. I lost out, man. I, I don't know what to say. Regret. But I do remember after going out with Jamie for a couple of months, I was like, you know what? I mean, I got like, you know, one of the best looking girls in the whole school here right at the beginning of my freshman year. I mean, you know, the sky's the limit. I'm going to break up with her and see, see, see what else I can do. Oh, no. I got overconfident and <laughs> uh, I broke up with her. And, uh, I'm sad to say I didn't date anyone until my junior year after that. You became a free agent and then became unemployed. I it was like a guy who declares early for the NBA and then he's like, uh-oh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, now you're mopping floors somewhere. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I have a track record. You know, in English class, Selena Bullard asks me to the FLL dance. Uh, she had just broken up with her boyfriend who str looked strangely... Just like me. Thad? Thad. Yeah, yeah. Looked a lot like you. So she breaks up with Thad after they've been together for years. And then she goes with me. She asked me to the dance, I think, as a jab to Thad. Right. Say that I'm going to go times. with a guy who looks just like you. Uh, yeah. Oh, and that's. No, yeah, that's where that's I thought you were going. That's with Jamie. Right. So, so I break up with Jamie thinking I'm, you know, a free agent now. So, so, and then you didn't have a date to the FLL dance. Because we had planned on going together. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm not going to the FLL dance. And so me and my mom go pick up Selena. And then my mom drops me and Selena off at the FLL dance. And then, uh, I don't know how it happened. But at some point, Jamie says she wants to dance with me. So I dance with Jamie. And then another song, she's like, let's dance again. And then all of a sudden, it's three songs in a row, four songs in a row. Jamie is dancing with me. And then uh, Selena comes up, and she's like, I called my dad. He's picking me up. And I'm like, what? I was so stupid. Well, well, uh, and and I, so such a jerk. And I had this, and I heard through the grapevine, because I wasn't there. And then the fifth dance, Jamie's like, she's got her head laying on my shoulder. It's yeah. a slow dance. Well, I hear the next day, like, some what's people, the next, you know, the next Monday, people are like, Link and Jamie were all over each other at the FLL dance. So you you go with one girl and then I did not I did not kiss her. You did not kiss her on the dance floor. But my but my what I heard through the grapevine and then talked to you about later was that Jamie starts dancing with you and then by the end of it, yeah, she's like basically dancing with you like you would dance with a boyfriend a boyfriend and girlfriend would dance slow yeah. dance. Lady in red songs like that. Playing. And your date leaves. Yeah, and so I was the jerk, but I think in retrospect, she was using me to make her boyfriend that she got back together with, Thad, jealous that night. And then, and Jamie in was, retro retrospect, yeah. Jamie was doing the same thing to you, trying to make you jealous by loving all up on her, his best friend at the FLL dance. But the thing that girls don't realize is that guys don't care about that. I mean, I, I hear about yeah, that, I and was, I'm like, Link, that's awesome. And I, was, I, and I, I was just thinking, this is awesome. I don't I, know what's happening. And I see you on Monday, and you tell me the story, and I'm like, well, how, was, how was it, yeah, man? Th there was no felt need for an apology Good for from you. me. Right. Yeah, I was, was happy for no you. No tension at all. It's like, yeah, it was a little weird, man. She was dancing, like, had her, like, her head on my shoulder. It was... You know, it's pretty cool. Pretty great. 
And of course, you didn't do anything about it. Nope. <laughs> and that's what I want to get. You know, okay. And I want to translate this a little bit into to, to, to modern times because mm-hmm. my wife did not propose to me, right. by the way. Well, because, well, yeah, we're not going to talk about the story of how we, we met, our, met our wives. What, what, that was, we were at a different time in our lives where it was a much more mature process. It's not, oh, yeah. Uh, not that we won't ever talk about that, but that's, this is about sort of the adolescent relationships. But I, I, I do want to make a parallel observation. And that is that, um, okay, in modern times, current Rhett and Link, let's say there's like somebody doing something or uh, like we have to make a video that involves going up to somebody and doing something. I am much less likely to initiate in that situation. You are much more likely to initiate in that situation. But when it came to these things like this girl I'm going to make her my girlfriend. I was much more likely to initiate in that. So it's not that you have a relation, you have a, a personality that doesn't take initiative. It's that in those situations, you just didn't have a plan. You had no plan. Well, yeah. If, if, if there was an opportunity to entertain a group of people like in the, in the middle school cafeteria or in video form or whatever the case may be, I'm, I'm, I'm very clear on being able to step up to the plate and do something that's going to entertain those people. But when there's something personally at stake, like a relationship with a girl, it's this, uh, the anxiety level goes way up for me there when there's personal implications uh, for that type of thing. Well, and the thing that frustrated me is that, you know, after I, I, I got high on my horse and then uh, dumped Jamie, then I started, you know, trying to initiate with other girls. And I remember... Um, one year, sophomore year, maybe, maybe junior year, you know, there was a girl named Julie Lape. Remember her? Yeah. And uh, she was new. She was cute. Cheerleader. I, I took the initiative and uh, I, I went for it. <laughs> and I ended up, I, basically, I, you know, you never hear anything from the girl herself. You hear it from her friend. That's how they, they all communicate. She's like, buzz off. No, she's like, Julie likes Link. Oh, really? So you don't even remember. You, you don't even remember. I love how you're getting angry about it. No, I'm, I'm just sorry. saying. You just. I, it, I never, I never I had a relationship with Julie Lape. It, you, I, I know. That, that's <laughs> my whole point. That's my, where my frustration lies is that. Oh, and then the, and then the situation with, uh, with Jana. Yeah, Jana was the same thing. Well, you didn't like Jana, but Jana. Yeah, we I, sophomore, I, I, right. Yeah. Sophomore same, year, same Jana time, was. Same time, though. Same time in, 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 in our lives. Jana was a freshman cheerleader. She. She said she liked me. She broke up with her junior boyfriend at the time. I didn't have a car, but my mom dropped me off at her house, and um, we rode around on a four-wheeler. We, like, got pizza, and we were eating it on her bed, and she, like, wanted to kiss me, and I, I, I clammed up, man. I couldn't do it. I could not give her a kiss. And I was like, well, I've been eating pizza. What if my breath smells like pizza? I've been riding a four-wheeler. What if I smell like gas? I don't know. <laughs> it was like, man, I don't know. I was just so, I just clammed up. I just shut down. I couldn't, and you know what? I should be thankful. You know, who, who, know, who knows where I would be if I had, if I had gone, you know, if I had had, had gusto with the ladies. What, and listen. I, I'm not, I'm thankful. And I think that, well, that's something so I, I want to say. No, but I just don't know what was going through your mind. 
Because it, it was it was not the thing I want to make clear. Anxiety. It, it, it was not a conviction that you shouldn't be doing things. You know, it wasn't like, well, I shouldn't be kissing girls or something like that. It, had, it wasn't based in that. That ca- that came a little bit later as we got older and, and developed some convictions about that kind of thing. But uh, like moving in for that first kiss is the most intimidating thing that I can ever imagine to this day. Like <laughs> bungee jumping or, you know, skydiving or like... Like wearing one of those bat suits where you're like jumping off a, the side of a mountain and then you could, you, you're flying. Like the squirrel suit. Squirrel suit, not a bat suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's easy compared to a first kiss. Like that's how much anxiety was associated with that for me. I don't, and I don't know why, but I think it, 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 uh, it served me well. It, it, it protected me from lots of things, perhaps. And listen, I, and at the same, at the same time, I don't know why. You know, I had this reckless abandon when it came to starting relationships, and I was it was very often not successful. In fact, most of the time wasn't successful. There was a lot of a lot of failures. There was that really bright spot early freshman year, and then there was some low points. But I didn't ever necessarily uh, that didn't ever always translate into other areas too. Like I said, to this day, I do not enjoy like you know. Uh, making people feel uncomfortable or it's like we have to do a prank or we go talk. I don't like talking to strangers. You know, I, I still, I have anxiety about those things. But when it was talking to a girl, it was always just like, uh, it may, I, I had anxiety, but there was just this overwhelming, like, no, this is what, this is your mission. This is what you're going to do. In retrospect, I should have been, apply, I could have been applying that to other things. Hmm. You know, um, but the thing that always intrigues me about you is I'm just like, well, what were you thinking about back in those days? Because you, you, were you thinking about your rock tumbler and stuff like that? Because you always had like a thing, like a, you know, go over to your house. and Yeah. You know, I was thinking about basketball and girls. I was thinking, I did think a lot about a rock tumbler. You had this rock tumbler that was always going. Like I found it in the catalog and then I, I circled it and then I obsessed about it. And then like I got up the money and I bought it and it arrived and. Then it was in the laundry room because it made a lot of constant noise. I remember all the noise it made. And um, you had to wait. You know, it was an investment involved. And then the rocks come out and they're smooth. And I never made jewelry. I just kept the smooth rocks because that's the line I didn't want to cross. I was a rock tumbler, not a jewelry maker. <laughs> Is that the next step in rock tumbling? You put jewels on them? Yeah, they wanted you to do that. They would give you mounts and all that type of stuff, make rings and necklaces and stuff. Uh, really? It wasn't pink, though, the rock tumbler. It was red and uh, it was red. I remember. Chrome. It. But you, I mean, I gained confidence to approach women in college. That that's that's when things shifted for me. It, it wasn't really ever in high school. I mean the the last you know my next serious relationship in high school was uh, with Missy, and that was I said I said that like Missy, like she's an evil person or something, <laughs> which she's not. But um, that was like. I guess I was kind of overcoming like a lack of confidence at that point when that was like senior year in high school kind of a thing that really didn't totally go away until college after Missy and I broke up and then I was meeting other girls, college girls. And then it was, hey, I'm a more of a functional human being who can have well, a you're, conversation you're with people. You're an adult, essentially. Yeah. You're, you're an adult. I be, well, you're becoming an adult. Closer to it. You know, but it, it it took me a long time. It's not that you were acting like an adult. 
That wasn't what I was implying. No. I'm, and I'm not saying you were. And I'm just saying, and I guess one thing I am saying is that I feel like that's a, that's a time, you know, possibly college is a good time maybe to have a girlfriend. But in, in a, no one's going to listen. I mean, if, if, if you're out there and you're in middle school, or you're in high school and you're like, I'm determined to have a girlfriend, you're probably just going to do it anyway and you're going to be like, well, you guys let's are just not, Let's you guys not make it dads. about them. I, I, I think the more interesting thing is would I want my kids to listen to this conversation we had? Because, you know, I don't want to, you know, I talk to my kids in a certain way that I don't like to, hey, kids, let's sit down on the couch so I can tell you story time about my first kiss and all these type of things. So that's my question to you is, would you want uh, Locke as a 10-year-old to listen to this conversation that we just had? How do we tackle that one? Hmm. Um, well, he's probably not going to, A. They don't listen to your biscuits. No, they don't. Uh, it's not intended for them. Um, so I guess... So the, right off... Yeah, so the, the, that, the, that, is, that is correct. Right off the bat... The general answer are, is no. I mean, it, if I'm going to discuss... Uh, and, and I have discussed. I mean, he's interested in girls. We, we, we talk about it. Um, I, I see some similarities. I, I, I see myself... And Jesse sees herself, of course, because we're both his parents, in in our kids, in 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 Locke, who's older, and you know, yeah, I try to be very, I try to be very calculated in the in the way that I I talk about things, and and we definitely, I mean, even I mean, he's ten years old, and he's got friends who have girlfriends, mm-hmm. you know, and so there's this even even at that age, there's this pressure. It's like, oh. At some point, it's going to be it's going to be expected that he have a girlfriend, whatever that means at that age. And so we, I, I talk about that, and I say, you know, if I could go back, you know, and tell myself something, it would be don't don't have a don't have a, some serious, exclusive, emotional, you know, or physical relationship with someone at that stage of your life or high school even. Um, because so many things are changing, so many things are so fragile. You're 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 becoming someone so quickly. The other person is becoming something so quickly that even though it may be very difficult to have self control in those situations, that it's it's worth it. You know, that, and that's and that's what I that's what I tell him. Yeah, and I think for Lily, who is you know is eleven now, um, it's me having conversations and first of all, just having a conversation is, is a big win. Just being able to say, who do you have a crush on? I know you have a crush on somebody. You can tell me. And you know, it's, and then she's she's like, well, no, I don't. And then one, one time we had the conversation was like, actually I do. Actually Mm -hmm. I have two crushes or three or whatever the case was at Mm -hmm. the time. And you know, she, and she kind of broke the seal on having this, conversation with me, her dad, and saying, yeah, I have a crush on so-and-so. Um, and then it was, oh, I saw how my dad reacted, and it wasn't, he wasn't scared, or it wasn't weird, or no one was embarrassed, or it wasn't awkward. It's just, hey, it's normal. We're having a conversation. You having these feelings is normal. And us talking about it, it's just part of life. It's not this faux pas, that, oh, we, we speak not of these things because they're weird, and you shouldn't do that. No, so that's the first thing. But then encouraging my kids to uh, 
just to not dive into something just because people are, th- their friends are doing it, you know, just kind of pacing themselves. Hey, you don't, you don't know who you are. You shouldn't be connecting yourself with somebody else who also doesn't know who they are. And, and again, like I said, that's, it's just something that's, it's, it's so hard to hear that. I mean, it, it, I, you could have told me that at, at that age. I, I would have not. Because you don't feel that way. You, mm-hmm. don't, you don't feel like you're becoming who you are. You feel like you are who you are when you're, when you're growing up. Yeah. You know, it isn't until you grow up and you look back and you're like, man, I was just Clueless. figuring so many things out. And I just did not know. I just didn't know about life, even when, I, even when I did know about it. I mean, and you even realize that now. I'm just like... Man, I even even at, at thirty six, you know, I'm like, man, when I was thirty, yeah, what was I thinking? You know, you and I think that's a, hopefully that's a good thing. Hopefully, you always uh, continue thinking that as time passes. But I I, I want to close with one story, uh, which is <clears throat> not to undo everything we just said again. <laughs> do, do don't do as we did. Don't even do as we said or say. Just do don't what, don't do do the right thing. <laughs> um, when you were dating Amber, I mean, when you were dating Anna, and I was dating Amber, I do remember uh, at some point being somewhere, somebody's house, and uh, there was some kissing going on. There was always a room where there was some kissing going on, making out. Yeah, yeah. perhaps it was. It was. You could call it. It was extended kissing sessions, and. Um, <laughs> You know, you turn your head to kiss a girl, yep. such, such that you yeah, know. Yeah, I, le- I learned that in the shower. And and yeah, you, <laughs> the nozzle doesn't turn with you. That's a problem. It, they just keep spraying it water right into your mouth. There's a wall. The wall just stays there. But a girl will usually turn her head the other way. I I kissed the bedpost once too. Yeah, it remains stationary. It's your like, mom walks it's like in kissing a girl with a neck brace. Your mom walks in. You're <laughs> kissing a bedpost. That's weird. That's why that's why you kiss the shower because she's not going to pull the curtain yeah, back. Yeah. Right, yeah, hopefully. So I remember kissing Amber and I do the head turn and now I've got a clear, I'm closing my eyes, but just for some reason I open my eyes and I'm like, who else is kissing in this room, you know? <laughs> and I look over and I see you yep. kissing Anna and you have done the same thing. You have turned your head <laughs> and now we are making eye contact while oh, kissing these gosh. girls. And there was a bit of a... But you're not telling anybody about this. No, no. There, at first, there was a bit of a, I should avert my, you know, we shouldn't be making eye contact. This is unnatural. We shouldn't be doing this. But then there was a second thought that was like, you know, this is pretty cool. There's my best friend over there. You know, he's kissing a girl. I'm kissing a girl. We just made eye contact. You know, I would give him a head nod or something, but... It it would only get creepier. <laughs> yeah. No, so, it, it wasn't a creepy thing. Uh, I don't... It was just a moment. I don't exactly remember this moment. I do. But I can imagine that it was more about uh, sizing up the competition almost. Like, okay, you know, we got to be tit for tat here. You know, (laughs) no pun intended. If you are, you know, if if you're making progress, I got to, you know, I got to make some progress too kind of a thing. (laughs) And Zach West is over there, you know, kissing somebody. He's always in the room kissing somebody. It's like a NASCAR race, really. <laughs> it's yeah, like, there could be an announcer for Lots it. of engines revving. Um, I don't know. Any analogy is dangerous, I guess. <laughs> I should just shut up. Uh, I've confessed way too much. But yeah, I, I'm not going to say that I was happy that I actually, your eyes met mine while I was uh, kissing my girlfriend. I'm just saying it was, it, was a good, it was a moment in our friendship, and I appreciated it. Well, this 
has ended on an awkward note. But we can I'm plug not a sponsor. For it. We can plug a sponsor, and that'll make everything okay. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Everything you need to create an exceptional website for a free trial and ten percent off. Go to squarespace.com and use our offer code. That's R and L R A N D L. It's a great way to support Ear Biscuits. Thanks for hanging out with us. I think uh, this was very conversational. You may have felt like you were just kind of sitting in on a conversation between the two of us, and we want to do this again. We we're hoping that monthly we can have this Rhett and Link only episode, but we want to incorporate more of your questions. So yeah, maybe make it more of a conversation with you, the listener. Well, and, and also, you know, what else do you want us to talk about? I mean, you can uh, let us know. A good way to do that is on SoundCloud where you can leave comments right there at different places in the, the podcast. We, we will read all those. Uh, the most Im- important way that you can help fuel the show and give us feedback is through iTunes Leave a review on iTunes. We will read those. You can give your feedback there. Of course, you can always tweet at us. Use hashtag Ear Biscuits. And once we figure out what it is that we're going to talk about next time, we have thrown around maybe talking about the creative process, but we want to hear what you want to talk us to talk about to each other. And uh, then we, when we figure that out, we will tweet out and ask a question, ask you to ask us questions so then we can ask them to each other. So it's kind of like you come up with a question, you ask it to yourself, and then you ask it to us on the internet, and then we ask it to each other on Ear Biscuits. That's and how this works. And Or they can record it and make their own podcast. No, and, don't do that. And realize how easy this is. We don't want any competition. I'm not going to listen. I'm just going to make my own. You can do that if you want to. Um, but, but, we, but we will not promote it or acknowledge it. But we do value your loyalty. But we do not value competition. Until next week, when there'll be another one of these, find us on the internet. <laughs>